Yes, welcome to another episode of One Micro Talk. This week is a discussion with a group of young women about sexism, society, capitalism and colonialism. Sit back, relax and enjoy this episode with... Those Young Feminists! I've seen with like a lot of feminism feminism on TikTok is like a lot of you know I think ethnic minority background whatever they um like people got uh, what's it like bullied or name called for like for example dark hair and like growing and like having um very very I guess uh, masculine kind of features and I think and now I've seen on TikTok is white girls growing out their hair growing yeah. out armpit hair and like which I think is great you know don't go against go against society and embrace beauty however that what that means to you but it's kind of like um it's kind of like the beauty standard and like in the western world and like how we're how people are making what was not a beauty standard now accepted and it's kind of like the difference between like ethnic minority and like other backgrounds like that's been happening for generations though like back if any of you watch bridgerton um, yeah, <laughs> um, you saw that beauty standard was like as pale as can be, smallest waist as you can get, um, all this stuff. But now it's just like okay, but now we need to have big boobs, big ass, like all these things. So it's not that um, people are trying to like. It's all. It always changes. It's like things that we didn't support um, about twenty years ago is now needed now same for 10 years ago is now and it's just going to keep changing 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 before and it's just going to cycle on itself it's like bodies have literally become a fashion trend rather than clothes or like what you wear because like in the 90s it was like this thin like figure and then in the early 2000s it was like this fitness model and now it's like big ass big boobs but also tiny waist no so you like no flabs exactly Mm, like you have to be this hairless like this perfect hourglass figure with nothing wrong but like why do these keep changing every 10 years i think it just it depends on like who's hottest at the moment i want to know who's making the changes you know what because i mean Hollywood. Thing is, yeah, yeah but like who's controlling well, I, that system i think that, it's that, that we learn a lot about you know like ourselves from what we see like yeah. in terms of for example like um people we look up to is heavily influences us whether we realize it or not like that's in the media like adverts you know people are making money of changing the way we think if you know what i mean because if you watch a type for example i don't know any series on netflix um and you see someone that you find attractive or that you you're gonna start you got you have the capability of then latching onto that and saying i like that i'm going to do that it's all the power of advertising too yeah. like, you know what i mean like when you think of 
When you think of vodka, what's the first brand you think of? Yeah. Did you see that? Everybody. And it's all because over the years, we're seeing the same thing over and over again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, that was really crazy to me. I think it was one thing that my dad showed me like he, about how um, advertising works subliminally. You don't even know that you're being programmed to yeah. believe something mm-hmm. or believe it's the best, even if it's not. So do you think it will ever change? No. <laughs> but I think it's getting worse with... It's True. getting much worse because you know you see with TikTok, which is, <laughs> our favorite app, with which like you see something new every you know every time you refresh the you know the feed you get something new something new they're promoting something new some new like have you seen like the TikTok trends like with like okay I think it was Cerave a few like in the oh, in yeah, the summer yeah, with the yeah, whole like yeah. skincare or like skincare by Hiram who's promoting him like it mm-hmm. and now everyone uses Cerave and then you have what else were they promoting like the ordinary skin products and everyone gets it like it gets sold out all the exactly like all the liquid chlorophyll now with the blue yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. now everyone has it and it you see sold out everywhere and holding the barrett's like gone fashion trends last year changed every couple of weeks it went from like yeah. um ego edgy chains yeah, fishnets, yeah. and then it went like indie baggy jeans uh and bold now, colors yeah and now like cyber y2k yeah, and it was like the whole Y2K yeah. thing, and then that kind of links to the whole gentrification of thrift shops and like um, with Depop and uh, Vinted driving up uh, thrift shop prices, just making it unaffordable. Mm-hmm. All because like TikTok has made people think, oh, I can DIY this and sell it for so much more. Mm-hmm. Point where they're selling literal baby shirts for 40, 50 it's quid. It's ridiculous. Like, have you seen? I remember um, I was looking at some Y2K styles, so I wanted to buy mm-hmm. some bigger jeans, and blah, 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 blah. So I went to go look at these jeans, and there are literally these people making brands from repurposed jeans that they have bought, painted, or done something to, to yeah. make it look distressed, or to make it look like it's Y2K, and they're going for like 200 to 500 pounds. I went to my dad's closet, and I just took his pair of jeans, and I just put it there. <laughs> because yes. there's no way that you're getting, that's a scam. That is a con artist. Like literally people on Depop, like they get like, you know, the vest, the children vest from like yeah. Sainsbury's and they'll sell it for like 60 pounds. Literally, like, literally like, paper transfer picture onto it all, it, it. all it is is fast fashion, making us change um, through aesthetics and like our body image to fit their aesthetics and then it moves on. So everything's changing. Everyone feels bad about themselves because they can't keep up or like they can keep up, but then uh, um, they get jealous of people that are able to afford more of these clothes, mm-hmm. able to do all these things, and influencers and, like, celebrities, they just, um, what's the word? Advertise it and, like, make it the normal. But it shouldn't be the normal because it's unrealistic expectations. Also, like, in the 80s, crop tops were kind of, like, okay for men. Like, it wasn't a mm. massive deal. Mm-hmm. Now, did you see, like, on ASOS, when ASOS posted it, they went, oh, who's going to buy that? That's awful. Yeah. You're forcing, like... Some people said you're forcing homosexuality on us. It's It's the whole idea of toxic masculinity, like non tender, non tender, non tender masculinity. Yeah, that's the (laughs) thing. But at the same time, like there's just like that idea that keeps coming up. Men can't be feminine, and it's like that's the thing. It's being pushed in society now. Like that's why suicide rates in men are so high because there's no kind of safe place for them to go there's no out no creative outlet otherwise you're you're gay you're this you're that why because i wanted to wear a different top i didn't want to wear a tech fleece to school to to school today sorry it doesn't make any sense and it's like the second a guy like 
cries or like says, oh yeah, I'm just kind of upset today. It's suddenly like, oh, go away, like leave me alone. And it's just like these men who honestly suffer as badly from toxic, from non-tendent masculinity as we do because they are forced into these molds, which half of them don't even want to be in. Like so many boys probably hate football, but are told to play it because that's what every kid does. That's what everyone does. And then the ones who don't play football or just don't take part are seen as mm, odd, weird, non-sporty, like kind of or whatever like um, stereotype is thrown at them. Yeah. And it's just like that to now everyone is like forced to become these stereotypes, especially men, just to fit in and just to not get their ego ripped down to shreds by everyone else. Why? But that's the that's the thing though. Like that's what I've always found quite annoying with society is like everyone's just so in everyone's business, and that's with everything. And mind your business. Like I think, (laughs) like I guess maybe that's just human nature, and like we just are just so involved in other people's lives, and we lose track of ours. But you know that kind of thing of like falling into stereotypes and um, sometimes um, avoiding falling into stereotypes a lot of the time as well. Because we care so much, and uh, people, people a lot of the time, especially in secondary school, they're oh yeah, I don't care what anyone thinks. Like yeah, you don't you worry, do. but you really subconsciously do. you do yeah. because often, like the I think especially um, in a second in a school environment, peer pressure is such a huge thing. Where like if you're not doing that certain thing, then like people just uh, it's just an it's just a cycle. I feel like everyone cares too to much out. about others. Yeah, it's the fear to stand out. Like you just don't want to be the person that everyone's looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the outlier. But yeah. the thing is, like, it is okay to care what people think. That's the thing. It's like, it's okay to care that you want your friends to think you look good, or it's okay to care that you want to feel like you fit in and you don't, like, aren't the standout. Because sometimes the standout is going to be the scapegoat and is going to be the ones who get picked on. Yeah. So it's yeah. okay to want to fit in, but it, it's, it becomes a problem when you're completely changing your entire personality and your clothes and your fashion. And just changing who you are as a person to not be yourself. That's when it becomes a problem. And it's weird because for all these people that look up to celebrities and influencers, those are the people that stood out and got a like they had a benefit they benefited from standing out. So Harry Styles, exactly. That's an example. Exactly. Look at him. Yeah, wow. He knows what he wants to do. He doesn't care. Like he will wear what he wants to wear, and he will be so like the empowerment that he has from doing everything that he wants to do, whereas, like, no one can say anything about him. They can't say anything bad about him because that's who he is. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And he came from a boy band era, which you had to look a certain way, you had to act a certain way in order to be able to sell records and make money and be successful, just for him to now completely just say, do you know what? Get rid of that. F that. that. Let me move on. Let me do what I want to do. And he's benefiting so... Stories of them being bullied, them being picked on, it's like... That yes, they shouldn't have happened, but because they stood out and because they became what they are now, it it didn't help them, but it shows like standing out can get you places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? Well, who inspires us? <laughs> Positive energy. Okay, what is a woman? Who is a woman that inspires you, or a person, whoever that inspires you, Tilly? Okay, so it changes really frequently, yeah. but like right now. My current like obsession is this girl I saw on TikTok, and I don't know her last name, but her name's like Delara, um, and like she is like 
she's a lawyer and like she was um she stood in the supreme court case against like it was, like something to do with trump and daca like last year and like 2020 i can't remember and like um she just i saw her like video and like she just she's overcome so much like in um because i think she was also like a recipient of daca as well and um so she went she was in like i think she went to ucla and she was in like the debate club and she was um there wasn't a lot of women in the club and um she was undermined by men so much and you know they didn't really listen to what she had to say and she made a point that she didn't have to sacrifice her feminine, feminine, feminine. Oh my gosh, I can't say the word. Feminine. Yeah, yeah. And like she's like Elwood, and she wears her heels, and like yeah. she doesn't care because that's her. And like sometimes um, when people, when they go into a corporate environment, like women feel like they have to like you know be put in like a box mm-hmm. of like you know dressing boring colors. I won't call brown boring. I like brown, but, you know, wearing all the brown colours and, you know, long skirts and not wearing heels, no makeup, no lashes, but she has her extensions, she has her acrylics, and she doesn't care, so I just really love her. That's nice, I like that one. Melody, would you like to let us know? Mine's a little bit more typical. Like, it's Rihanna, but... (laughs) Mainly because I feel like when I was growing up, like, when I was 13, when I started wearing makeup, there was no shades for me whatsoever. I'll go in and I'll be very fearful. I look at it and I think, how is this one colour supposed to fit, like, all of us, like, all of us girls? So when she came out with Fenty, I was thinking, okay, I've got some range. I've got a collection that I can go to. And I felt like that was kind of my thing, like, having someone who represents you, having someone who kind of you can look up to and say, wow, like, I have someone who's black and who empowers me to feel like me and I'm not scared to like go to a store and get that foundation that I want to get because obviously sometimes it wouldn't be there and I'm like that's just something that I really felt like I needed growing up because it's like you'd have this one like sleek powder thing that you'd have to go and get and it would have to fit exactly do you know what I mean like it's terrible (laughs) exactly but you now you start to look at it when you're older and you have something that you can look at when you have kids and say i'm so glad that now you have something like you have a range to actually look at and want to wear and you're not fearful of like going somewhere and then thinking oh gosh my neck don't match my foundation (laughs) that's that's the thing yeah so that's a nice thing AOC. um well, re- most recently, I've been interested in politics, like, the past, like, two years. And I think I remember growing up, not growing up, but, like, when I was, like, maybe, like, 12, 13, when I thought of politics, I thought of, like, old white men. I'm sorry, but that's, like, I yeah. didn't yeah. feel like it was very representative, especially, like, in terms of, like, ethnic minority and females. Um, and I'm very in, very interested in American politics. Like, I'm very invested. Um, don't ask why. It's just very interesting. Um, and... Um, when I, 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 in my spare time, I do watch, like, there's, like, seven-minute clips of all her arguments and her as a congresswoman, and I think it, you know, although, yes, at the moment, you know, there's definitely more diversity nowadays, but to keep pushing, you have to be that one to, to be that different, you know, um, and be the diversity. So she just inspires me to, like, doesn't matter, like, where you come from or what you look like, and also what stereotypes people hold against her because she's Latina and she's 
you know, pe- you know, they had many males in Congress who called her a bitch, called her, um, called her out, and called her crazy for what she was doing because you know she was literally like working in a bar before she ran for Congress, and um, she was just normal. She grew up in the Bronx, and she wasn't rich. You know, she wasn't mid- middle class. She wasn't white, and she wasn't a male. So she goes up against all stereotypes of what was in Congress and made it, and she's the youngest, so very inspiring to me. Yeah. I'm going to say all the women around this table. Because you all inspire me. You come here for the past couple of weeks. You go about doing your daily things. And I think we all learn, each, uh, we all learn a lot from each other, different opinions, and we're all working towards being successful, you know, prosperous women in the future, so... I my female inspiration is actually not biologically a female. She's not trans or anything like that. She's a drag queen. (laughs) 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 Her name is Simone and she's like the most recent winner of Drag Race. And I think she really inspires me because she really just owns her blackness. And as somebody who grew up really not wanting to be black, not wanting to be African, because everything around me was just saying that that was wrong. As of over the last year of like just watching her, seeing her career kind of blossom and then winning Drag Race in the end, it really just showed me that like I can be unapologetically black and still be successful. And I feel like that's really important, especially for young youth that I know a lot of us do watch Drag Race and do see that. And having that kind of representation out there, that's not just... Or that's not just a feminine representation, but also a, ma- also a masculine representation. I feel like that's really important. And I'm really inspired by her to continue that. Thank you. <laughs> Kira, let's go. Um, so I don't remember this girl's name, but she's a TikToker and she's about our age. And her and basically she makes TikToks showing off her body because she's got a similar body type to me where... She's not skinny, but she's not, like, massively overweight mm-hmm. where, like, there's that already positive energy which is being created. But it's, like, she's mid-size and shows off her stomach, shows off her rolls, shows off her thighs, shows off, like, her stomach and chest. And it's, like, it's positive representation for young girls who look like her but aren't is not seen in anywhere, not even really in activism mm-hmm. or on models. So it's just, like, nice representation for younger girls who identify with her. Michelle. So my one is Diane Abbott. Mm, you know her. And many people disagree with Diane know. Abbott. But if you know her how she's gone through this her struggles as a young well as a black woman, as a young black woman when she first started, I see that and I'm like, you've done so much to get where you are, even if people disagree with you. You still have to go past that. You still have to try and be that difference for the young people. And as a young black girl when I was growing up, I just saw her and I was like, that's what I want to be. I want to be that when I'm older and try and make that change for other women around me. Okay, so some of you guys are going to be like, what? And... Donald Trump. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. Um, So I am really inspired by Kim Kardashian. I, over the first lockdown, watched every episode of 
keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> and you, I, I love her work ethic. It just every day I wake up and think, okay, let's actually get this stuff done, get the deadlines, because she just showed me that if you work, how she works compared to her sisters, she things turned out better. You <laughs> 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 let the Kardashians come for you. You be very, very careful. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She just inspired me from because in her twenties she always went to work compared to um, Courtney who chose to have kids and Chloe who there's nothing wrong with that because I always um, said I want kids um, but it was just the way that she always put work as a priority over having fun going out but then she still made time for that and it just showed you could have the best of both worlds. So it's like a lot of these influencers are like relatively famous people they all get that money and all that attention mostly because of pretty privilege or because they have like this enticing personality like almost like almost a leader archetype with charisma the type of people who you could see leading a cult which they could not a cult wow (laughs) i'm saying (laughs) they have a similar personality to cult leaders where they can cultivate a large following who will buy and sell their things. Yeah. Impressionable young, like, impressionable people. Impressionable. I feel like it's, like, when there's not a sense of, like, individuality, like we were talking about, it's easy to impression so many people at all because they don't, they don't have anything that, like, sets them apart from anyone else. Mm-hmm. Having someone like Addison Rae say, today, this is going to be trendy, and then tomorrow, like, having someone else say it, that's the thing. You have just society that doesn't have anything that they can get behind. Mm-hmm. Everything's like disposable. That's so what's wrong with our generation. We don't have a staple. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, when you think of the sixties, you you think of a certain type of. That's the summer of love, wasn't it? Sixties. Yep. And then you think of the eighties. You can't think of disco. No, not eighties. Seventies is disco. And then the eighties, rock and roll. Yeah. No, fifties is rock and roll. See, but you know, um, you you know, eighties is like the. When like pop, that was kind like of yeah, yeah pop. Com- that's when pop. And then nineties was like R and B kind of. Exactly. Even even up to two thousand. Yeah. Even up to two thousand and ten. Two thousand two thousand like R and B stuff. We don't have anything. We're you know what I mean? Like, we're just like a media. Yeah, we're, we're in social media generation. When we have um, like because of social media, like. I think it's like inevitable that there's gonna be influencers, you know, that that someone's got to do that. In my opinion, I think someone has not has to, but someone will. Mm-hmm. If we don't have Addison Rae, we don't have Kylie Jenner, there'll be someone else yeah. because of the the way that social media, I think, is set up. We need someone. We need to have someone that we can look at and be like, that is the leader of social media. Miller Rose. Mm-hmm. That's that. Who, yeah, exactly. We are a product. Like whether we like it or not, we're a product of everything around us. Like say if. I look up to you, I see you doing something. Whether I like it or not, I may take on that behaviour. When you think about, like, during, um, like, lockdown, and, you know, I'm going to mention TikTok again, but, um, so, like, everyone, like, kind of, like, caught on to the same catchphrases and the same, like, you know, style. And then you see people just throwing around the same terms, doing the same thing. And it's just, like, um, as you said, in, like, no one has individual anymore and you see like I like I love Emma Chamberlain but like I remember like one time she wore like a gap t-shirt like a gap jumper and everyone's like oh my god gap is coming back I need to I need to run to gap right now and get like a gap that's what's happening with Crocs 
Well, there's definitely individuality through generations. So um, I say, I'll say our generation is like very much into technology. Like if we spoke to people maybe 20, 40 years older than us, they're not going to understand what we talk about. Whereas um, they have their own identity. So every like generation has their own identity. So it might not be the individuals in it. It's the whole like people that were brought up around it. But at the same time, I would say that we're growing up in a generation that doesn't want to be together 24-7, do you know what I mean? In a way, like, the 50s, think of the 50s housewife, everybody was kind of a part of that society where they wanted to have that white picket fence and that two kids and the house and a dog. The thing is, is you know that I mean? more of a stereotype which is perpetuated yeah. by generations? But that, True. that would be the generational stereotype of that um, time. It's not more about let me be my own individual person with my unique style because that's not no one can achieve that everyone's going to be the same as other people whether we like it or not no one is individual in a sense but it's more about thinking for yourself like now people are happy to read a post on instagram and be like yeah this is my belief i believe all of this mm. and they take it as fact it's more about we have the ability to search out resources and do all these things we should be thinking for ourselves, not about like style and things like that, because it's acceptable to be do what you want to do. If you want to be part of a certain group and act like other people, that's your choice. But at least make decisions and your beliefs for yourself. How do you, you make can. beliefs for yourself if you're kind of low key conditioned to think a certain way? Well, yeah, but the thing is, you could argue that's had a really negative effect on the Western culture because if we compare um, East to West, like. Asia, specifically, like, China, Japan, they all have very much, like, um, idea of togetherness and doing it for the greater good, so, which has kind of helped with COVID, so they all were like, yes, wear masks, social distance, whilst in the West, it's like, no, F you, um, the government's lying. It's going to be us. 20 years from now, my kids are going to school with masks on because they're like, I don't look good today. The thing is, like, our culture is very different is very individual based for now com- yeah, it's, yeah, compared it's based, to yeah. um, East, which is very much. It can be argued they were conditioned for the greater good, but we were also conditioned to yeah. think of the individual. You have to be selfish. Choice. You have to compare but their governments, though. Yeah, at, yeah. At the, exactly at the what I'm saying. They have a history of group thinking with their thinking about the wide. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's about the wider group. We're trying whereas to get us, we're our economy, money. Uh, it's all down to the economy and money that we're more individual because we're looking out for ourselves. Yeah, I think, in, for example, um, like I'm heavy on the choice because the thing is, obviously, historically, like um, say, say, like if you do speak out, if your government then like punishes you, then you get less individual individuality. Let's say politically, you know, we. Do like for example, um, the mask the mask rules in the UK like, um, people, pe- I don't think people are getting punished as much as the government are saying. Pe- people, are, the, the police are policing it mm-hmm. because I've seen plenty of people that don't no wear masks and never, especially transport. in young people, yeah. like on public transport and whatever. But if that was, I know for example, um, for, for example in Spain. It, the rules are like I went to Spain last year in summer, and if I was I was sitting outside in a cafe, and if I didn't have a mask on, they'd call the police, mm-hmm. and they would, and that's I guess like it's more like 
I agree. Yeah, obviously, some cultures is for the greater good, but I think also the different governments set up is also heavily influences like people's behavior. Oh, oh, it has to be the, the law. I feel like um, I read. I think I was reading an article like around like when there were so many protests happening. Like, um, like there was like the, the Black Lives Matter protests, and there were also the uh, like anti masks protests. And then I like I saw something. Yeah, and I think sometimes this is like an overriding issue that like the West had like is a bit they have a bit of like entitlement issues like and I think about it in the sense that like this is an example so when um so people like say an American visit um like an Asian country they would expect them to speak English when you're going to their country so you should speak that language so it's like kind of an issue where you you feel like you, you feel like this you deserve you own everything. You, yeah yeah you own everything you own um you have to like the right because even though we all have rights but it if it's um if it has like detrimental consequences then it should be like um i don't know the word but i'm trying to think of what i read but that's kind of yeah, why it's like i think entitlement can like applies a lot especially to britain because there's the whole idea of oh, immigrants are taking British people's jobs, like, why, why are the people here entitled to these jobs, which they don't, which they aren't even trying to get half no. the time? It's like, it's, like, it's not the immigrants' fault that they're willing to get work less hard. pay than you and work yeah. harder, which they shouldn't do. They should get as much pay as a UK citizen sh- does and get as many holidays as a UK citizen does. But it's not their fault that they're willing to do more or less than you when you feel entitled to your holidays to this much pay and that you won't lower yourself and work for a fast food restaurant or work as a binman or work as a janitor whilst these immigrants who are willing to do anything for a better life are like doing very, that work very be- this, the whole of western culture and life is just very very spoiled yeah. it's ownership it's yeah. completely it's own, like i would like in it's also about like immigration like People think, like, I remember what I, when I moved house, um, the neighbours said to us, oh, you're, you're stealing land. No way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to my family. Um, no, no, we didn't call the police. Call the police. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and um, it's, it was, like, such a peculiar thing to hear, like... I love that word. I don't know, like... No, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? I, I, exactly I find it, like... That, that's with anything, though, like, sexism, racism. I just... The whole... The idea of it doesn't make sense to me, because, like... People will just forget we're humans. People just forget that. I'm not gonna lie. Ancestry. You stole the land. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm no, just saying. Yeah. Stop. Yeah, you stole the land <laughs> you were living on. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, who really belongs here, me or you? Because you, 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 you stole the land that you're living on. You're. You started the thieving. We just decided to join you in your, you know, your activities. Yeah, that's true. In fact, you tracked us over here. What do you mean? Never mind. Yeah, Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. It's like, yeah, yeah, because you exploited where I'm from. So you expect me to just stay there with no resources. There are Tell resources. Them. Tell them. I'm just going to, like, stay there. But, and you know what really makes me annoyed? Tell them. Like, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, Lisa. Yes, you know? Yes. The, like, the stolen jewels, you know? And oh, there's right. an argument. Stolen jewels. Sto- especially that. in India, they took a lot of, they took a lot of, like, jewels, you know, and, like, gold and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's in museums. And it's like... There's an argument that should we give it back or should we keep it? Why would you keep it? Why? It's not yours. Don't tell somebody go back to your country. 
You this country exactly. is yours either. What do you mean? You this is this what this what triggered me so much. I remember I was in year three, and my uncle told me about the crown jewels being stolen jewels, and I was like, yeah, right, sure, okay. Did my research for like six weeks. How old are you in year three? I was like six years old. I was just online writing like seven, right? seven, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, and it really, really triggered me because I was like, there were so many resources that we were living off so well. We were we were a wealthy culture in Africa. The entire Africa was very, very wealthy. And just because of deve- different developments in different areas, they took it from us. Because we didn't have any we didn't have any need to create weaponry, weaponry to hurt each other. Because there was no need. There was no poverty. There was no issues. There was no conflicts. It was just vibes, literally. Money and vibes. That's what, that, that's what we were doing in Africa. And then now, because this place is deprived, they don't have what they want there, they now want to go explore the new world. No, there's no problem with exploring, but when you are exploiting and stealing and just taking, no permission, no... Sorry, that's just rewriting history, though. There's a, a lot of the time that happens, like, when you talk about colonisation being, like, the white man's burden and stuff, like, people are like, oh, yeah, we... For example, like, the Americas, when they discovered, and they thought <laughs> it was India, then called them Indians, when actually they were Native Americans, and they were, and people, you know, they were like, they were savages, and they were this and this... I've done a lot of, I myself have read history books and obviously there's bias everywhere. I can agree with that. However, you know, like you have to look at it from both perspectives, especially in like the United States of America, like an immigration and you look about history and it's the same thing about stolen land. And it's like, but you've exploited the whole of Latin America and then don't expect people from Mexico when their governments are now corrupt to then to then not find their way in the united the way you can have the american dream and it's just like it's a cycle like but then again i question i when i was researching i was like if colonization like isn't this is going to sound bad but like i just thought if if the america wasn't discovered by the americas wasn't discovered by um christopher columbus would there be someone else that would do it? Exactly. There, ha- there, there would have been. been. But at the same time, you have to think about this like, like this, especially in the 50s, right? They spent so much time orchestrating this American dream, right, that they wanted the whole world to be involved. They wanted no, everybody they to come and bring all their so. things there so that they could create their own kind of culture because they had r- they have driven all the people with culture out. Yeah. So now they wanted to create their own thing. They wanted to create, they implemented this whole American dream, this whole this whole idea of what it was like to live in America, even though it was completely the opposite of that to some extent, they still wanted to portray that to the world strictly for image. And now they want to get upset when people from other countries want to indulge in a dream that you sold to them because you wanted them to come. Now that you're full, you now, now you think you can just kind of cut everybody off. It doesn't make any sense to me. Especially Especially because... Especially because the whole American dream was like based off post-war, mm-hmm. like let's ha- let's bring everyone back together, a better life and everything. <laughs> but most of these people that want to come to America are coming from places of conflict, war, like corrupt mm-hmm. governments, yeah. and they and they're like the dreams are no more, like not for you, yeah, like but yeah. they, for them, exactly. but not for you. Yeah, I saw like it's there was a thing, there was a post I saw, and it said um, that one of the explorers who went over to Africa said. That Africa had enough. Right Africa had enough right to. They were so rich. They were so no, wealthy. There was no. There was no homeless person. Exactly. On the road. There was no poverty at all. And they said, if we're not careful, 
they could become one of the most greatest forces in the world because of how much wealth they have. So they took the palm oil, they took everything. They took and to this day, they are still taking palm oil. This is the worst to part. This day, this they're still we taking were the, palm oil. Africa was the definition of drink water and mind your business. Nobody was yeah. doing definition. anything. Facts. And all of a sudden, it's we need to now come with bring guns, machinery, kill everybody, take everything, go, and act like it never happened. That's just me. Oh, I was going to say, this literally happens in Nigeria. They see Nigeria as a rising force and they exploit it again. No, look, it's corrupt. The corruption in the government, where's that come from? Mm -hmm. The British coming and ruining the whole thing. And Britain likes to distance themselves from America. Like, oh no, it's not us. It's not us. We're, it's we're yeah. too good. We're it's them. It's them. Well, the thing is, they they we're from? forgetting. Where they come from? Thank you. They were exactly. And their favorite yeah. person is Christopher Columbus when that man was the devil. Let's not yeah. forget. He was awful, but that's the guy that you're basing your entire culture off of. But the thing on. is, they glorify it. They oh, love it. They look at them. They really exactly. They glorify it. They have a whole day for him. It really... That's really, why Juneteenth really, is very really important. It makes that's me why so worried that they glorify that. The thing, especially with Britain, like... Then there's not an acceptance of history. No, no one likes to accept the history of this country... Um, but glor but then, then we have countries, you know, in the United States that have Thanksgiving and glorify it. But yeah, I this is kind of the EPQ. But um, the things that they get taught in the education system in America about the um, like the way they teach it, obviously, and I guess that's expected. You know, you're, you're the United States is going to portray a history that benefits them. I get that. However, when you still have like reserves of Native Americans, still, you know. It, generations later like living on reserves that are being exploited to this day who are being attacked by police peaceful people mm -hmm. in their lands for centuries and in that same country you are then teaching a history that's so distorted i find that yeah. so like but that's just that's britain you learn in this country you learn tudors you learn exactly. the medieval period you learn the stuarts you don't learn they don't talk about what they did to Ireland. They exactly. don't talk about what they did to other countries. They don't speak about it because and it's a very sheltered exactly. subject. It's still it's so until this it's day. Like, yeah. In, in lessons, when we were in, um, in like old school lessons previously, I know people who've had, like, when you talk about slavery, when you talk about that, they don't want to talk about it. They don't like want to. They don't want to talk about this British. is what this is what's so terrible. I don't know if you guys have seen Hamilton, but I've been obsessed with it yeah. lately. <laughs> oh you guys God. know. You know. <laughs> Kira knows. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> but Ham I was watching Hamilton, and it really reminded me of the fact that the winners really do write history. Like even in Nigeria, you don't learn about Nigerian history. You know, you, you learn and about English history. And in the those, exactly, those are the people that wrote the history that you're learning. Yeah. When in reality, I should be learning because I don't like the fact that they like to portray Black history as slavery. Um, everybody was barbarians, didn't know what they were yeah. doing, blah, 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 blah. I literally know for a fact that I come from a line of kings, pharaohs, empires. My lineage, my lineage, my, it's literally royalty. Exactly. Literally royalty. But we don't, you don't talk, you don't learn about that. Exactly, because they, like they want to act like it didn't happen. Exactly. You raise it from your mind. In my house, I have books on like my great-grandfather who was, was royalty he was a king i have books on it but you don't talk about it. you don't you don't learn about it because it's all very sheltered and you don't even learn your own history that's one of the things that was so important to my parents when i was growing up i needed to know where i was from like i needed to know who i am to have my own sense of cultural identity exactly. but that's the thing this country you don't learn about that there isn't a sense of cultural adopting identity. a uk culture that isn't actually mine is not something that UK I want to do. UK culture now is Caribbean, exactly. 
Exactly. It's Caribbean culture. Caribbean culture. I'm yeah, telling you. Because you have like, you have words, you have phrases. Wagwan, Bomba Club. These are the same people being oppressed exactly. right now. Have you not seen with the Windrush exactly. everything? Windrush, yeah. exactly. And the fact that of the matter, like you have people in power like Chris Patel and they've only just apologised for what they've done to the Windrush generation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they've, only, they've only just like just started to discuss what's going on like they've only said oh we are sorry that we're sending people back who may have not even lived there before ever, ever have never seen that land they're sending them to a country that they have no money no homes in the slightest Shh, don't and drag us here thing. and try to send us back you did what you did but accept your mistake in order for them to apologize like we need to like push them back to a qu- we need to force them exactly. to apologize yeah. so, like how long like we need to we came in the 40s we came in the 40s do you know what i mean and and now to have like only now to this day and some people haven't even like still haven't had reparations for the damages that it's done to them people died when they went back to like places like jamaica people died and they still to this day haven't had like any yeah exactly and it's very disgusting because you know it's when you know that your people like have suffered this much you know, and you, it just still pains you. Like, you are, like, kind of, like, you have You're been... You're a product of that pain, and you always will be. Even, you know even being in the UK, even being in the UK, and not yeah. actually being a direct descend, descendant of slaves, yeah. it's so painful Honestly. when you look at that history and see people that look just like you going through that. Yeah. It's so painful to watch and so painful to see. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Roots or 12 Years of Slaves yeah. or things yeah. like that. Yeah. And if you can't, you feel the pain like you were there. Yeah. I don't know if any of you watched Harriet before. Yes. Yeah. That, when I watched it, it really just, it, it sat, I had to sit there for a few hours and just really deep my life because it, it was so powerful, like, to have someone, and to have, to be experiencing that, the thought of that is just, it, it gives me chills, it's absolutely terrible, and the fact that we're not, like, taught it properly in school, like, you don't know the struggles, you don't know the pain, they're just numbers. It's independent it's movies and underground artists that are teaching us about our history, yeah. which is ridiculous, because if you want to talk about, if you want to talk, if you want to give something a title like history, right, you need to talk about no. You need to talk about history of the world. It's yeah. not why are we learning only about UK history when there are so many when the entire when the country is made up of ethnic minorities too. Yeah. Like you guys aren't the only ones here. It's us too. Let us be part of the conversation with something that we're not just something that degrades us. Yeah, and it's like having like the fact that we love of people's cultures. Like we really do. I love like appreciating people's cultures. I really do love it. But when you're not kind of like thinking about where it's come from and there's no like understanding mm-hmm. of it, like yeah. there's like you wear braids today and it will just be a fashion trend and you're not understanding that people use that as maps to escape slavery. Exactly. People don't understand the cultural aspect or they used it to hide food in mm. their heads for when they were escaping. Yeah. Like there's not an understanding of the culture or the cultural aspect of it or like traditional Chinese clothes. It's like something pretty fast fashion now, but you don't understand the actual cultural aspect mm. of it and like the things that they've had to go through. Or like another thing is... Um, um, this really makes me mad, but <laughs> so this is. Oh, I know we ran out of time, but I'll say it quickly. So you know how um, France, they're like um, they're they're villains, yeah. Yeah. And well. so a lot of like the countries that were like colonies of the French still pay. Is it called the French tax? Mm-hmm. And they still pay tax to France uh, because when they gain independence, they the French were obviously like they didn't want that, so they the countries give money as. 
compensation in a way to this day, like presently. So pay back the money that they that the countries lose. Yeah. yeah, and then you have like the the French treat their the immigrants in the country terribly. Like they te- they treat them like dirt. But then I think it's every so the French won the World Cup two years ago, and the French national team I, I swear to God is made up of immigrants: Congolese, Cameroon, Gambian, all of them. Nobody's yeah. French though. But that's <laughs> That's the just French speaking. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's the only time when they treat them correctly. Yeah. When yeah. they do, do something for them. Yeah. When they the work for them. Even though Thanks so much for watching. Thank you so much for coming to our TED Talk. We'll see you again. Thank you guys so much. You've been listening to One Micro Talk, and these were. Come on. Those young feminists. Let's go. Three, two, one. Those young feminists! Thank you guys for tuning in to One Man Road Talk. You can catch us on Instagram at One Man Road Talk. And we're out. Bye.